got a lot of knowledge. We know, I think, what to do and how to do it. We just got to do it. Amen? That's the day we're in to do this, to make this happen. So. Please uh, turn with me to Acts chapter 2, and uh, I want to take you on a single verse. And sometimes when we slow down and we concentrate on the meaning of certain words, it can bring some illumination to us and some understanding. What I want to speak to you about tonight is this verse in Acts chapter 2, verse 4. They spoke with other tongues. And basically what I'm going to do is just take this verse and do a study on the words. You know what's happening in Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, this is verse 1, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and what one sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so what I want to share with you about this text is it's real simple is what each word means. We believe in this indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that what happened on the day of Pentecost is not only to survive, but in fact empower the church even unto the return of Christ. The Holy Spirit didn't run out of steam. He didn't run out of power. And the church doesn't need less of Him. More than ever, we need more of yielding to his power and so there was an, a, a mighty sign that took place that day and all I want to do is talk about this verse and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance the they is the believers that were gathered in that place in one accord one mind one heart okay and those are the disciples the followers of the Lord and it says this and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's start there. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now that is uh, an act of receiving Christ. They, they were filled with the Spirit. Uh, in John 21 it says that Jesus breathed on them, receive ye the Holy Spirit, but that was his disciples. Now this is the whole group of 120 in the upper room. And they were all filled as they recognized the ministry of the Holy Spirit. What does filled mean? Pletho. It means filled to overflowing. All right? To be filled to overflowing. So when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they were in such receptivity that He filled them to overflowing. Okay? That word is used a number of times in Scripture in a negative manner and in a positive manner. 
probably the best illustration for being filled to overflowing is found in the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 34, when Jesus is speaking about evil and wrong things. He says, out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. You put a a kettle of water on a stove and turn up the heat, and it will fill with steam, and what will happen? It will expand, it will speak, and it'll tell you it's ready. Water's boiling, okay? So the positive uh, references to being filled in Scripture is that they were filled with joy, okay? The negative references is that they were filled with rage. What happened when we see people filled with rage? How many of you remember when they were stoning Stephen, right? It says that as they were stoning him, Stephen's getting beaten right now. I mean, he's getting rocks pummeled on him. His head's crushed open. There's blood and everything. And then he goes, I see Jesus. (laughs) Right? This is ticking them off. He's getting stoned because he proclaimed Jesus. Now he sees him. He says, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And it says they were filled with rage. They began to bite him. They tore their, rent their, their clothes and wanted to kill him. So that filling of rage, okay? Has, has anybody ever been filled with something? I, I think we pretty much all have, right? Let me j- just, for the, just for the heck of it, anybody been filled with rage? And what comes out of your mouth? Things, words, right? Right? Even if it's just, ah! How many of you have ever been filled with pain? What's the typical response if, if you've been filled with pain? Ow! Ah! Right? So this is not a peculiar word. So I, I don't want you to get hung up on this in the aspect of praying in the Holy Spirit. It is something that is a, a, a hallmark of a believer. Mark 16 says, These signs shall follow them who believe. And so that, that's a standardized thing. If you pick up the label of a Christian, you read down the list, it's going, okay, yeah, they, these people cast out demons and they speak with new tongues. Okay, so they speak in the Spirit. So this is a normal Christian activity. And so this aspect of being filled by the Spirit, it, it, it doesn't have to have uh, lightning and, and you don't have to have a worship band wherever you're at so that you get filled. You don't have to have someone preaching on you and yelling so you get filled. You can get filled anytime you want. You do in your car, don't you? Right? Someone cuts you off, all of a sudden you feel filled. (laughs) Not necessarily with the Holy Spirit, but you can get filled with your flesh, can't you? We are quite often filled with our flesh. Here's this real simple one. When you see something that's hilarious, out of the abundance of your heart, what happens? (laughs) right there it is you're filled with joy and the byproduct is laughter so this is a very simple common thing we want to make it mystical we want to make it like you enter into some trance that god's oh you got to have a liver shiver and feel like glory you know And the more you walk in the Spirit, the more you're used to the Spirit, you can stay filled. In fact, Ephesians says, be 
filled with the Spirit, not drunk on wine. But the actual verb tense in Ephesians is a perpetual activity. Be being filled. I can be filled with the Holy Spirit all the time because He lives here. It doesn't have to come down from heaven. He lives right here so we can regularly be filled. They were all filled and out of the abundance of the heart, that filling, whether it's laughter, whether it's sorrow, there's, there's another one. How many of you have ever cried? Okay, Consider that a blessing. Many, there are a lot of people that can't cry anymore. And, and uh, I don't know why I'm going here, but I'm going to go there. I've counseled a number of people, and, and sometimes when I work with people who have been wounded for many years, I ask them, when's the last time they've cried? And they may say, I haven't cried in about six years, seven years. There's a problem here because out of the abundance of their heart, there's great sorrow, but it's not releasing. And one of the things God has done for us is gives us tears and crying because out of the abundance of a heart of sorrow, what will happen? We'll release it. We will cry. How many of you have ever had a good cry? And then when you're done, it's like, <laughs> I feel better now. Right? How many of you feel better? I mean, physically, something's happening. This is all attached to being filled. Okay? There is something that happens when the Holy Spirit fills us. He crowds everything out. And that filling washes. And so out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. They were all filled filled with the Holy Spirit and in that filling there's going to be a byproduct and it and it came forth and so they were all filled with the Spirit of Holiness the Holy Spirit now what happens once they were filled it says they began okay when you're filled you begin you begin to do something there's a response there's a reaction Holy Spirit's flooding up and filling. Now remember, He's with you all the time, but something is stirring, something happens that, that it gets filled up and you begin. All right? You begin to do something. There is a response on our part. We begin. Many people who, who want to minister in a prayer language, want to pray in the Holy Spirit, they want something to happen from heaven to come to them so that they'll begin. It's here and you begin. It's right here. You begin. So there's an act of the will. Paul said, I will pray in the Spirit. I will pray with my understanding or my cognitive reasoning. Can I encourage you that you do not lose reasoning when you're praying in the Holy Spirit? You don't go into a trance. You don't lose your cognitive reasoning or thinking. What you are doing is just ministering out of two separate places. One is through your cognitive reasoning. The other is allowing the ministry of the Spirit within you to overwhelm or use your vocal cord to pray unto God. Your cognitive reasoning is still functioning and operating in harmony with that. Though it says your mind is unfruitful because you don't know the language, that's all right. Your mind understands this is God's Holy Spirit praying. I'm going to get with this thing and... Uh, begin to activate it now many of you i believe want to be and and can be baptized or filled with the holy spirit if you haven't uh, already and here's where it starts begin it really does it's the activation this is where faith 
comes in. Every ministry of grace or gifting of the Holy Spirit starts with faith, all right? You're, you're never going to know if you have the gift of healing unless you do what? Pray for someone for healing, right? I mean, you're not going to... Isn't it funny that we talk about so many times we reason speaking in tongues or being baptized in the Holy Spirit with something God is going to do to us, but yet when we look at the other gifts, you, you can't prophesy unless you do what? You've got to speak. You, you, you can't lay hands on the sick for them to recover through the gift of healing unless you do what? Lay hands on sick. Do you see what I'm saying? It's the same with tongues. You have to begin. Now that's the leap of faith because our mind says, hey, what are you doing? What, what, what's going on? You can't do that. I'm in charge here. I always decide what words to say. And believe me, we work hard all our lives to make sure we say the right things. How many of you don't want to say the wrong thing? How many of you are tired of saying the wrong things? Right? But out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth, your mouth speaks. <laughs> Some of you have a problem with that. So, all right. Begin. Archome. Arche. Ark. It's the word for chief. The be- the, the, the beginning of something. And so to begin means to be first, to be the leader. And so the Spirit fills, and what will happen? Spirit fills, begin speaking. You have the Holy Spirit in you because you have received Jesus as your Savior. Begin speaking. Now, it also means to start. And as I was meditating on this today, uh, it's interesting that one of the commentators said, this is an added verb it really doesn't need to be there look at and they were all filled with the spirit holy ghost and you could simply put and spoke with other tongues you don't need begin or began right they're filled with the spirit and spoke with other tongues he puts another verb in there that is unnecessary except it explains some things it says they were all filled with the holy spirit and began in other words this is the day that the church began praying in the Spirit. The day of Pentecost. It began. When you look at the meaning of that, it has a historical start to it, a historical significance. It has a beginning. And it also, in the noun and the verb action of this Greek word, it means it's a continuing thing. And so they began. The church, the people of God, not the dispensation of apostolic people, then it stopped, and then the next group and, and these, everybody else didn't have it or wouldn't get it. No, 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 no. The church, one body, one people. The church is not separated by time. It's not separated by centuries. It's not separated by history. It's not separated by uh, national boundary lines. And, and it's not separated by time boundary lines. There's one church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the church began praying in the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And unto your daughter and your children and your children's children, this thing should flow. That you would be short in no gift, Paul says, unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this is where it began. The church began to pray in the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that the church needs to pray under the unction of the Holy Spirit? We've been functioning too long on our abilities. You and I are blind to the spirit realm. 
We don't understand the warfare that's going on in the heavenlies. We don't know what's going on over Roseville tonight. We don't understand what is happening over the city of Detroit spiritually tonight. We don't know. We could try to figure it out. We could read the newspaper. That was yesterday. How can you become preventive if you're reading yesterday's news? And we're praying about what happened yesterday. But if you begin to pray in the Spirit, you can begin praying down what's gonna, what the devil planned for tomorrow. They began praying. Amen. Clap for that. Jesus says it's good. They began. When they were filled, they began. When they were filled, they began. That's what happens. A church gets active when it gets filled. When it gets full of themselves, it sits there. But when the church is filled, it goes. It begins. Now, the next word, they began to speak with. It means to produce speech. I find that fascinating. I, you know me. I hound you to verbally speak. I am always on the church to speak, to utter, and to speak. Why am I always doing that? Why am I always saying to speak? Do it. Do a scripture reference yourself. Look at the, the Word of God and understand that speech is essential. That God wants man to speak and to declare. That is absolutely essential for us to speak. And so, they began to do what? When they were filled with the Spirit, it had an immediate result. They began to speak. They were already speaking. They were already praying. Now look at when you tell a Jew to pray, what registers to him? Speaking. Not praying unless you're speaking. To the Jewish nation, to the Israelites, things were very physically oriented. You say to praise, and they will begin to praise. They will dance. They will praise. They will move. It's physical response. Because your body, they know that when you engage your body, you engage your mind. I had an experience Saturday. It was the weirdest, most bizarre thing. I thought I was in the twilight zone. And it was an amazing observation. We were down at uh, uh, River Days on Saturday down at the Detroit River Walk. Okay, ever been there behind the Rensen? Beautiful, love it. We go down there. Wonderful festival. We're at River Days. And so we're walking there, and they had the Detroit Circus there. Never knew Detroit had a circus. It was basically three people in leotards. It was interesting. All right, so they were there at the Detroit River. We're watching them, and there's this lady. She's hanging. They put a big thing up there, and she's hanging. There's like this fabric and as she's hanging in this fabric, she's doing like gymnastic things. It's pretty cool. You know, she'd wrap up and then and twist and come down and ta-da, you know, and it was really neat gymnastics and things like that. Crowd of about 50 to 70 people sitting around watching. So we come up to that, and the girl does this next trick. And I go, hey! And I'm responding to it. No one's responding. And then she does another one. And she's talking to the people. Now what do you think of this? And she does another thing. And I'm looking and I'm like, what, what, what's wrong with you people? After each trick you're supposed to encourage. You're supposed to say, hey, that's good, that's great. And I look around, all different ages, young and old, young and old. And everybody's like this. I thought, what's, what's going on? And I want to tell you what, what, what hit in my spirit, and I don't know if this is God or me, but what hit in my spirit is we have become a people that are zombies. 
There's no response. We all sit and watch TV. We're a TV, we're a watching generation. We don't respond, we don't engage. This lady's doing amazing stuff. Someone, come on, tell her, hey, that's good, that's good, encourage her. Nobody, come on, is that crazy? And everybody's like this. Almost like, yeah, do something else. Yeah, that's right, yeah, do something else. Wow, but it, it struck me. And what the devil has done is he's muted, he's silenced the people of God from speaking, from encouraging. How many of you need an encouraging word, right? Even the ministry of encouragement is from what? Words. How do you express from you to someone else? There is ears and there's mouths. We've forgotten these things. Really. How many of you see people? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just going off on my own now, but I can't help it. How many of you see people? I see this. I see families. I cry, I weep over this. They come into restaurants, they sit down, the kids each have either a game or an iPod. Mom's got a game and an iPod. They all sit there and they're, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, there it is, the family dinner hour where everyone is mute. No one talks to each other. No one speaks to each other. Except, uh, pick up your fork. You dropped your napkin. It's like, Wow. See, we've got to be careful. So I'll move on from this, but they began to speak with, when the Spirit of God fills you, speak, speak. And so that's what God wants. He needs an utterance from the people of God because we are made in His image. And His image is that the Word proceeds forth. The Word came forth and became flesh. You need to project and speak the Word. And so they were filled with the Spirit, and once they were filled, they began to speak and produce speech. What did they produce? Other tongues. They began to speak with other tongues. Now what that means is other. Real simple, heteros means another. Not the same nature, not the same kind, but a different. So they began to speak a different language than the Hebrew or the Aramaic or even the Greek that they knew. This was a different language that none of them knew. Now listen, the day of Pentecost is a unique situation. You can't come off the day of Pentecost and say this is the gift of tongues because it is not. It was the gift of tongues, as written in 1 Corinthians 12, is for the assembly to be operating among the believers. This was among unbelievers. This was out there, and this was just a unique thing that you will receive the gift of the Spirit. Whenever there is a reference to the Holy Spirit being the gift, he's not talking about individual gifts. He's talking about a response to the gift of the Holy Spirit in them. So the natural gift of the Holy Spirit, I believe, is that moving in a prayer language of speaking. It's available to every believer if you want it, if, if you want to participate. And so it's an other language. Now, there, it was a language that they didn't know, but there were so many different languages there in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. So they start speaking Phoenician. They start speaking, uh, sp- I don't know, Spanish. They start speaking, you know, all different dialects. Who knows, right? If, uh, they're, they're speaking Russian. Maybe they're speaking... There were no Russians then. I don't know other nations. I don't know the nations then. All right? Speaking in, in, in Floridian, uh, down south. Do people please? I don't know. Right? Australian, they're speaking. Tibetan, whatever. Uh, they're speaking human languages, right? Speaking human... That they don't know 
by the Spirit. There are other languages. And that word tongue is just an old English word. You know, what, what's your mother tongue? What is, basically, it's glossa, and it simply means language. The language or dialect used by a particular people distinct from other nations. So it's dialect or languages. Paul says that there are dialects or languages of men, and there are dialects of angels. He says, though I speak of the tongue of men's or the, 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 the tongue of angels. Right? So there's dialects. I mean, there has to be. Come on. People argue, well, no, I don't think he means real angels. Well, how do angels communicate? I would imagine angels speak. Wouldn't you think? Angels must have translation. They must know every human language. No, seriously, think about that. How do you commission an angel to go over to Russia? Does he speak English? Does he speak Hebrew? To Hebrew people? He must know the Hebrew language of every nation. Is that true? And then how do they communicate in heaven? Well, we would say, well, they, I'm sure that they all mind meld. They probably just all, they don't speak, right? That's your thinking on alien movies. Angels speak. They have a language. They have a dialect, the dialect of heaven. And so when we speak in languages, we may speak in the languages of men or we may speak in the dialect of heaven. We don't know. But there is a dialect going on. There's a language of a particular people. And we're the people of God. We speak the language of the Holy Spirit or we speak the dialect or language of our culture. And so... And so... (laughs) And so the Spirit gave them it do do a continual action of the past. Come on, get with me here. He gave them. He gave them. All right? So the Holy Spirit fills them. Now that's salvation. All right? Now, you don't have to speak in tongues to be saved. That's not what I'm talking about. By faith you're saved. Okay? But on this day, as they were filled for the first time since Adam... The Spirit of God could now dwell in human beings. He could not dwell in human beings because our sin was upon mankind. From Adam on, man was sinful, born in sin. But since Christ died and rose from the dead, there was now a sacrifice and a propitiation for sin that cleansed believers from their sin. Therefore, the very Holy Spirit of God can dwell in man. And on that day when He filled them, He came into them, they began to speak. They spoke in different languages and the languages of either heaven or the languages of that community, it doesn't say. We do know they spoke the languages of the the. the nations that were present because the people said we hear them praising God in our tongue and in our language but they also said they must be drunk so there's there's a dimension to this of course wouldn't you be pretty excited if you start speaking Portuguese I don't know Portuguese I wouldn't know if I was babbling or if I was saying anything you don't know but you're just so filled and you're just ha ha this is amazing pretty wonderful they were filled and he spoke with other languages as the spirit gave them god did this thing when's the last time god gave you anything yeah think about it we gauge what god gives us based on what we want and the reaction we like but his spirit dwells in us at all times he is constantly flowing in us 
giving us. He gave us all things. This is past tense, this word. Gave them utterance. He gave them this. This thing belongs to us. Your ability to pray in the Holy Spirit and communicate to God was given to you. Uh, was, let me put it to you this way. It was given to the church on the day of Pentecost. This ministry of praying in the Spirit. Listen, if we're supposed to be ambassadors of the kingdom of God, we need to know what is the will of God. Well, you read it in the Bible. Yeah, but I, I agree with that. And, and the Bible is our rule. But I also need to know what is the Spirit moving me to pray. Now, last of all, this is the kicker. As the Spirit gave them utterance. I'm not even going to try to pronounce this, this Greek word. I could say it and you wouldn't know any different anyway. But it's a big one. <laughs> now, what I love about this is that this word utterance, he gave them utterance. You would think, well, that just means he gave them the ability to speak. No, no, it's this. Not an everyday speech, but a dignified and elevated discourse. I love that phrase. A dignified and elevated discourse. Oh, that means it must be British. I mean, who doesn't love someone who's British, right? That's why we all love to speak in King James when we prophesy. Thou saith the Lord unto thee. Because we want to be dignified. Do you think it's dignified... And do you think that it is elevated in its discourse because of the particular language of a man? Or is it the information that's being spoken? It's what's being declared into the earth realm, into the heavenly realm. Language, get this, is the only thing that penetrates both earth and heaven. All right? You want to you wanna combat in the second heavenly realm of the demonic and satanic realm and not speak? How's that happen? Language is the only thing that can move into the realm of what is happening on the earth and what is happening in the, in the heavenlies. And so we must speak. And it's an utterance. What the Holy Spirit gave them was an utterance that produced a force to utter or declare with an unction. In other words, that word utterance is only used three times in the New Testament. It's used here, it's used later in verse 28 when Peter got up and said, Men of Israel, this is that which Joel had prophesied. He came and gave a prophetic utterance. He gave an utterance from the Holy Spirit that was more than just a speech. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you pray in the Spirit, you have elevated the, the, the information and the declaration you are making. Though it might sound babbling, though it might sound foolish to your ears or understanding, in the Spirit realm, you have elevated to a prophetic pronouncement by God. You getting this? All right? So, I mean, there's times I pray, oh, Jesus, please help me. I don't know what to do. And then there's other times I'll pray in the Spirit, and it's a lot more powerful than that. I'm limited. But when I begin to pray in the Spirit, I am now offering an utterance that is dignified and elevated in its discourse. Praise God. The other time this word utterance is used is when Paul is before Festus 
And as he's speaking to Festus, he is making an oracle or a declaration to him about Christ Jesus. So, very unique word here. And so, in the end, what is being said is they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, as you are, and they began to speak with other languages or tongues as the Spirit gave them the authority to. You got that? As the Spirit gave them authority to. The Holy Spirit is giving you authority to begin speaking in other languages of the Spirit, of men or angels, to declare the will of God. We need to do this. We need to not shrink back from it. We don't need to become accustomed to it and that it's, oh yeah, it's just a normal thing. We need to remember the level of power and authority that this ministry of the Holy Spirit operates in. We need to speak more than we're speaking. We need to make declaration. Your prayer time. I want you to try and do this, please. Now a practical application. You make your prayers and supplications. You start with thanksgiving, right? Thank you, God, you're so good. Spend the time praising Him, thanking Him. You make your supplications. God, I need help with this. I'm praying for Aunt Betty and Sister Lucy. God, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. That's good. You you offer your needs to God. But then at at the close of your prayer time, some of you don't, "Ah, I pray 10 minutes, I got nothing else to say. Well, what I want you to start doing now is I want you to start making declarations. You're going to start things, seeing things change. You're going to start making declarations. Now you're praying for Aunt Betty and you're praying for Aunt Lucy. Oh God, please do this, please do that, please do this. Now, at the end, start making declarations over Aunt Lucy and Sister Betty or whoever they were and start declaring in God and begin to pray in the Holy Spirit for them, over them. Cognitively, you know, I'm praying for Aunt, Aunt Betty and, and now by the Spirit, I'm beginning to speak over that and you're moving and elevating your prayer into a divine utterance over them and a declaration of what God wants to to do. Amen? It is fire coming out of our mouths. What happens many times is that tongue stuff, yeah, we used to that. It was like 30 years ago, I remember that. Wow. No, this is the thing that changed the world. It's the thing that began to show up on the day of Pentecost. It began here. I want to tell you, it's going to end with the church on fire, making declarations for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let's bow our heads together. Thank you, Jesus.